Hello, everybody. You're listening to the 32nd episode of the Hipster Baseball Podcast, HBP, where we talk about baseball, drinks, and everything under the sun. I am DeCarlo Calloway, alongside my main man, Dorian, and on today's podcast, we fly with squirrels, chow down in the south side of Chicago, celebrate 90 years of the Say Hey Kid, bet in the Bronx at our, you know, at our own risk. Hang loose in Orange County and say goodbye to a rocket man. So like every single episode, we begin it with showcasing what it is that we are consuming, what libations we are consuming while recording this beautiful podcast. So I want to first tell everybody that I am drinking a Stone Street Colombiano Supremo coffee because I'm finding that I later in the evening start nodding out and pass out because I'm so tired and it usually is at eight o'clock. So I figured maybe have a cup of coffee just to keep myself up until about 10. Uh, What are you drinking today, Dorian? Hello, my friend. Uh, Happy 32nd episode. Uh, Salud. Well, no, actually, but you're having, I'm guessing you're Colombian. Oh, happy Cinco de Mayo too, man. Oh, damn. Happy Cinco de Mayo. That's right. And even though you're drinking a Colombian drink, but still happy Cinco de Mayo or not even Colombian drink, Colombian coffee. Things are, things are not good right now down in Colombia, ladies and gentlemen, there's a protest, there's a tax reforms going on back down there. So keep Colombia in your thoughts and prayers, but to celebrate Cinco de Mayo, I'm drinking an American beer. Good American local brewery. I'm having it's called it's called call it Kulch, Kulch, call it Kolsch or whatever. That's literally what it's called. Call it Kulch or whatever from Garden Grove Brewing in Richmond, Virginia. I want to talk quickly about minor league baseball. We all know Major League Baseball started last month. Minor league baseball also started, and in Richmond, they have the double-A minor league affiliate of the San Francisco Giants. They go by the name of the Richmond Flying Squirrels. I love a lot of the nicknames in minor league baseball. One of my favorite ones is the, the Trash City. No, what is it? There's some, there is a, there's a minor league team down in Alabama called whatever the town of Alabama, the Trash Pandas. Mm. <laughs> I love it. They get very creative with those, with those names, which is good. It's it, I, I love it. And uh, the, the Flying Squirrels have a former Atlanta Braves prospect, a minor league pitcher, Tristan Beck. So I'd love to see him sometime pitching for Richmond. Um, the minor league, minor league baseball started back on the 4th of May just recently. And the Flying Squirrels opening day, not opening night, is the 5th of, was the 5th of May when they played the Hartford Yard Goats. A lot of animal... A lot of animal themes for the minor league baseball, but people go support your minor league baseball team because there's only 30 odd baseball teams, but there are over a hundred minor league baseball teams. It's the tickets are super cheap, very family friendly. They have good beers. You get to see the future stars of major league baseball. And they always have fun, kooky, crazy entertainments every single night. Yeah. Like Corey Feldman dancing like Michael Jackson. If, people don't remember do you remember like that old 80s uh movie like he, actor he was in the goonies yeah i know i know exactly who he is. yeah and he, then like the one time i was it was on television like years ago and it was doing a reality tv show and they had him opening like or no doing that like what a seventh inning stretch or something or mm. like opening show for a minor league baseball game so yeah maybe you'll see some washed up uh, celebrities especially you know post-pandemic because everybody needed to check at this point so but you know, but you know who you're not going to see. You're not going to be able to go see one of the New York Yankees minor league affiliates, the Staten Island Yankees. Do you know about this, DeCarlo? We, heard, yeah, we, we haven't had we we haven't had a chance. We've talked about going to a Staten Island uh, Yankees game years ago, but we haven't had a chance. But the New York Yankees, Staten Island, is what like an hour, hour and a half from the Bronx, something yeah. like that. It's well, it's pretty. It's, it's, about, it's, really it's close. pretty. Well, it's it's about an hour and a half, maybe an it's hour. Really, Depending on traffic, if you are taking the one or the three train. No, the, the, two, is, the two, three, or the one, two, or three train up there, yeah. In the grand scheme of things in America, an hour, hour and a half isn't that far away. But the New York Yankees treated the Staten Island Yankees like Martin used to treat Tommy and Pam. Wah-pah! 
Get out. Remember, you'd always yeah. be kicking them out. So the Yankees just booted them out. And now the poor Staten Island Yankees, you go on their website, you go on their social media pages. It's like dead. It's like, I, I hope they, they managed to play with somebody, but uh, cheers to the Richmond flying squirrels. Cheers to the Staten Island Yankees. Cheers to Martin. One of the greatest shows of all time. And uh, cheers to you, dear listener, whether you're going to a minor league game, whether you're getting booted out of one of your friend's house, who's very rude or uh, you're watching uh, Michael Jackson videos from my music videos from the 1980s, send us a picture of what you like to drink. Our Twitter handle is at HBP 4040 and use the hashtag HBP drink. As Dorian drinks. Yeah, I have to have, <laughs> to have a drink. It's, this, this, is, this is pretty good. I, I know DiCarlo isn't that big of a fan of, uh, how do you pronounce this anyways, Mr. Our German interpreter. Oh, Krolsch, Krolsch. It's K-O and the umfla over it. L. The umla. The umla, that thing. And then S-C-H. Kulsch, Kulsch, Kulsch. Yeah. It's hard to pronounce, but easy to drink. But I want to talk about two guys who have... Oh, you know what? It was so bad. I'm sorry. I got it confused with that old beer, Krolsch. Not like it's completely different. I totally didn't see that K. Kind of stupid, but that's all right. But yeah, you remember that like beer, like Grolsch? I think it was like Dutch. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think it comes in a green bottle. Yes, yes, that's yeah. exactly. It's yeah. so bad. Oh my god, it tasted like a uh, skunk. You know, you have some beers that are very just like skunky. It was one of those. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry, I confused that initially. <laughs> that's with, an interesting description. Skunky. Okay. No, it really just tasted like it's just bitter. It's just bad. Mm. I remember one time I got it at a bar, and it was mainly just because it was on sale. Like, not on sale, but it was, uh, you know, what, what are those bar deals or whatever the case may be. Probably happy hour. Yeah, yeah. It was just terrible, though. Oh, my God. There's anyway, a sh- sorry for the confusion. Though. No, the, 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 the owner of that bar is smart, trying to get rid of the bad product. No, exactly. That's all it was. <laughs> it was like college kids. So, you know, drink whatever we could at that point. That's a good segue, because I want to talk about a couple of kids that I've had my eye on so far this year, and just it's just over four weeks of Major League Baseball. One is Austin Riley. He's been getting better. He is the third baseman of the Atlanta Braves. He's a big dude. He's six foot three, about 240 pounds. And I didn't share this on the podcast, but I shared it in the podcast of my mind. Earlier in the season, I said, I looked at the lineup of the Atlanta Braves, and it's basically the same as it was back in 2020. And back in 2020, they were arguably the best offense statistically. And also just you look at them, they were the best offense in Major League Baseball. And I said, Austin Riley is going to be the swing man. He is the hinge that's going to make this Atlanta Braves team offense even better, or he's going to hold them back. Because last year, he didn't have a good year at all. He hit 239, which is what you do not want your third baseman to be hitting that low. Very low power. And I just said, this guy's big. He's 6'3". He didn't hit a lot lot of home runs. But all the reports were he was working his tail off in the offseason, in spring training. And so far, he's looked a lot better. He had a a rough first week or two, but he's looked a lot better. Right now, he's hitting 315, which is what you want from your third baseman. But he's not hitting a lot of home runs. It's weird. The guy's a big dude, but he's only hit three home runs. And it's, uh, well, I'll take it. Personally, I'd love to have Chris. I'd love for the Braves to go after a third baseman, the the gruntled, the disgruntled third baseman of the Chicago Cubs, Chris Bryant. But that's not, that's another story for a different podcast. In the past two weeks, Austin Riley has hit four, has had four hits in two different games. Awesome! That is so freaking good, and it's so it makes me so happy to see this kid succeed ultimately you know as you get older it's not you like you want everyone you want all these guys to succeed because they need to make money and um you just like seeing beautiful things ultimately sports is all about competition in the past 15 games austin riley has hit 426 that is a another beautiful number to say 426 it's beautiful so he's looked better and in the summertime they major league baseball has the players weekend and his nickname is Ocho, as in Spanish for eight. Or Ger- what's, what's eight in German, DiCarlo? Ocht. See, that doesn't sound as nice as Ocho. <laughs> and, <laughs> the re- and there's really not a great – th- when I read that, I was like, that's, that's kind of cool. And then, but his nickname is not that great of a story. It's just 
because he normally hits eighth in the lineup. That's how bad he's been. <laughs> so he just said, oh, my nickname's Ocho. But uh, I think a, another man beat him to that. Former wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, Chad Ocho Cinco. That was a badass name. Chad, what was his name? Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson's cousin, too. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So Chad Johnson, he was a big-time wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL, and he kept calling himself Chad Ochocinco, Chad 8-5, because his jersey number was 8-5. And then stupid, the, the stupid commissioner of the NFL. Uh, 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 Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell. You know, he said, oh, you can't do this. You can't call yourself that. And he said, yeah, I can, because I just legally changed my name. From so, Chad Johnson to Chad Ocho Cinco. <laughs> so, uh, I love people like that. Yeah, it's obnoxious as hell, but it's actually good marketing. But but I was you know, he say, was a really good player. He no, was, he was really, really, good really he had he had his like years that were really, really good, and he was solid. Sure. He was definitely a solid wide receiver. But I was gonna go back to Austin Riley. You know, I think when you look at two thousand like twenty twenty, it's hard to really hold that against anybody, especially if you're a young player. Because think about it, that season was so so much of an upheaval. It's, you know, for the sake of having a season, it went on and also because they didn't want to lose so much money. But at the same time, I think holding account to players who didn't have really that good of seasons, especially young players, it's kind of like, you know what, this is your time to kind of work on yourself after the fact. And it's good that he started 2021 solidly so far in terms of his power. It might just be finding ways to have equitable distribution in his stance and being able to turn on pitches. And maybe that's something that could be worked on between him and his Biden coach. But as, as long as he's making contact, I think that's really going to be the big thing is making contact, getting on base, having a decent on base percentage with a good average, like with a good batting average and could maintain himself in the field. He'll, he'll, he'll be able to prosper and it would be good to see him do that. Well, yeah. there's another there's another player that you said that you wanted yeah, to like, but talk about too. If Austin Riley played in the Yankee Stadium, he would already hit 20 home runs. Anyways. Everybody says that about you know that's so funny. Everybody <laughs> says that about Yankee Stadium, but it doesn't really hold true so much. It's like okay, yes, if you're a left like if you're a left-handed hitter, it is a short porch, but a lot of the time you don't really you don't see that turn around. Like what the. And, and, okay, we think about Babe Ruth being, like, the most famous left-handed batter in Yankee Stadium and Mickey Mantle being able to switch it. But other than that, okay, you had solid, like, 30, 25, 30 home run type of, like, first base from, like, Tito Martinez and Don Mattingly. But you really don't come across huge power hitters who walk around just slapping everything out of the damn, like, park, though. Yeah. All right. We, I, hit, I hit a nerve with our uh, uh... – are good goals, but <laughs> well, I just have to set the record straight because people always say that. I'm like, it's really not like I mean, it's a short porch, but you you have to have like solid home run hitters. And, and recently, it just seems like every yeah. time the Yankees get uh, power hitters, it's right handers. It's like we don't really see that many. Like, we're, like remember in the '90s, we had a lot more like powerful left-handed batters you know like your Jim Tomey type. And was uh, Mark Teixeira left-handed? I don't remember. He was a, he was a switcher. Okay. Um, who else was uh, solid? Oh, Jer- what, Jason Giambi at one point. He was Yankee, but he didn't really put up that like heavy power numbers. But then again, he was getting needles in his butt cheek. So. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But some. <laughs> but my my the second young the the second young man who I'm really liking. I mean, really liking is one of HVP's favorite teams, the Chicago White Sox. His name is Yermin Mercedes. Mercedes, kind of like the the car. And he has been an absolute, he's been running like a beautiful German machine, even though he's Dominican. He's tw- he's a 28-year-old rookie, which is actually pretty old for Major That's League Baseball. Old. But uh, he's the he's the designated hitter and like probably the backup catcher for the Chicago White Sox. And of course, he's from the Dominican Republic. I mean, the amount of talent coming out of that island is is disgusting. And he's definitely not putting needles in his butt cheeks he's putting he's putting out something else because he's five foot 11 and he's a hefty 245 pounds it's like it's a beautiful baseball body <laughs> like you look at that guy you're like how are you able to do what you do looking how you do <laughs> but he is a joy he is a joy to watch and he has he has 
immediately become a big hit in the south side of Chicago because the Chicago Cubs play in the north side, in, not the north side, but the northern part of Chicago and the Chicago White Sox Stadium is in the southern part of Chicago. That's why they call it the south side. He's right now, he's hitting 386, which is bananas. He's already had five home runs. He was named the American League Rookie of the Year for April that we just concluded. In April, he batted 415 with five home runs. This guy, this guy had spent 10 years in the minors. He's amazing. I mean, the fact that he's big and rotund, people try, you realize people tend to like you. Like, DeCarlo, you know, all the mascots in sports, almost, almost all the mascots are always a little plump. Yes. Because they're just more lovable. No, but the, it's almost like the big, like the big fat party animal concept. Remember how like there was an episode of The Simpsons and he was messing with Bart. He said only, uh, no, it was one episode where he was questioning whether or not like questioning Bart's sexuality. And he said, you know, only people who wear Hawaiian shirts are either gay guys or big fat party animals. And Bart is not <laughs> a big fat party animal. <laughs> And so, but it's true. It's like having a nice little bulge and rotundness and also just like being able to shake yes. it around and jiggle. It's like fun because they, they're like the life of the party. Yeah, I think that, of the uh, the Philadelphia yeah. Fanatic, the, the mascot for the Philadelphia Phillies in Major League Baseball. And I'm thinking of uh, the, the animated story with um, the ogre. What's his name? It's on the tip of my tongue. Shrek, the guy, the, the guy that Mike Myers played in that movie. Whatever. Anyways, everyone loves big people. The the that big, you know. Well, everybody should love big people. Big people need love too. It's all yeah, the, we, the we Philly, like I, yeah, the we Philly actually, fanatic, Bernie, the the mascot from the Miami Heat. He has a big old belly. Uh, that crazy looking mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers. That thing is scary looking. He that I don't remember. Like, no, if you have to Google, like I don't remember his name. Just Google like Philadelphia Flyers mascot, and he's like warped looking like he looks like he's tripping on like acid or something well the city of philadelphia deserves no better no, i'm joking i love philly so no, i love philly philly people are crazy though but yeah, yeah i love yeah they, they, crazy. and you know what they themselves i've known philly people and they admit it's like nah i don't want to go back to philly yeah yeah people who leave are like i'm never going back <laughs> But someone who doesn't have to worry about going to Philly, who might stay in Chicago for a long time, like I said, is Yerming Mercedes. He has become, he's playing so well, and it was a complete surprise. He wasn't even a part of the Chicago White Sox plans, but a bunch of injuries happened, and uh, they had to put him in there. He now has a T-shirt. They've made T-shirts, the fans. It's called, he, they call him the Yerminator, uh, after the Terminator for, uh, that Arnold Schwarzenegger played like during 10 movies or however much they made. And they've also made a burger. There is this, there is this restaurant it just located about a mile from what the Chicago White Sox play in. Uh, it's, uh, it's called a uh, fabulous Freddy's. It's about a mile from guaranteed rate field. That's a and terrible they, name for a ballpark, by the way. Comiskey was great. Yeah, but, but believe me, they're getting that guaranteed rate. They're getting that money, guaranteed money. Those yeah. Guaranteed rate. But millions. it's just a terrible like name, like guaranteed yeah. rate field. Like, come on, man. I mean, I know we sell everything, but Jesus Christ, like get a better name. Yeah, but market. and they're also selling Fabulous Freddy's is selling a burger called the Urminator to honor this amazing rookie from uh, Dominican Republic, Yermin Mercedes, and it the the Urminator is basically a Dominican chimichurri burger. And they say that it's made of, uh, from a ground beef patty. It's, it, it's seasoned with Dominican flavors. Wow. What okay. those flavors so I can are. I tell you a Dominican person or a Hispanic person did not write that description. I know because but I'm like. Seasoned with Dominican flavors? Like, really? Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Like, give me ingredients. What, what's in there? Oh. Anyway, so I was like, whatever. And so they also include tomatoes, pickles, uh, pickled red onions, tomatoes some cabbage and some, and their secret chimichurri sauce. Ch chimichurri is amazing with, uh, with steak, but mm -hmm. they have, we actually on our, on our Twitter handle at HBP 4040, we went ahead and we retreated, we retweeted yet Ming eating one of, eating one of the burgers that's named after him. And he was like, I love it. He probably didn't, but what was he going to say? This sucks. But I would love to, to try it one himself. day. Hell yeah, he ain't gonna say it. Yeah, so shout out to Austin Riley having a really good bounce back season. We hope he continues it for the next four months. And yet Ming Mercedes, another stud Dominican player coming up with his awesome t-shirt called Yerminator. He's big, he's awesome player, he seems like a good kid. So 
And his yeah. burger with Dominican flavors. And a Dominic with Dominic, <laughs> Dominic yeah. Um, I'm sorry, that's just so asinine. And but. and when I saw that, you know, I got a little hungry. I was like, man, I, I haven't had a good burger in a while. And the other day I was we were having a little debate, not DiCarlo and I, but some other people, and there was it was it burger burger talk always goes back to in and out burger out west versus Shake Shack. It's like the eternal debate the eternal question and i'm not going to say this person's name because i don't i don't want people going after him but he is a native californian and he admitted that shake shack is better than in and out burger and it blew my mind because i've been telling this to people on the west coast forever i think in and out burger is overrated i love shake shack what, what do you what do you say to carlo in and out burgers the burgers are good, but I would agree they are overrated in terms of, oh, my God. It's like, it's, I know people might hate me for saying this. It's like a step up for McDonald's. but Oh, okay, that's bad. Like, I mean, not in a terrible way. I mean, it's like, <laughs> all right, so let me put context. It's a step up for McDonald's, what, what McDonald's was back in, like, the 1950s and 60s. Okay, so, like, kind of quality stuff. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, McDonald's got their inspiration. Mr. McDonald got his inspiration from, from In-N-Out Burger. Yeah. Well, like the McDonald brothers or Roy Kroc? Ray Kroc? I think it was Roy because yeah. when you go to In and Out Burger, you feel like you're in an old timey McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so they ripped it off from In and Out Burger. So, yeah. hat tip to the original. Yeah. So, I mean, they're good. But yeah, I would have to agree in, in terms of actual, like, the way that the burger is prepared and that it comes out medium. It's not just like some wholehearted thing. But I will say this. In and Out's fries, like their animal fries, are gluttony, like a glutton's punishment, but they're so delicious. And Ex- explain to us what animal fries are. So it's cheese with um, like Thousand Island like dressing. <laughs> like seriously, and, yeah. and like cheese on no, them, and they're delicious. Like it's so good. And I mean, it's not on the menu, but you just go and say, can I get an order yeah. of animal fries? It's like one of those things that you have to know that it's there. So I found out about it last, well, yeah, I found out about it last time I was on the West Coast. I mean, mainly just because I saw people doing it. And then, of course, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh, excuse me. <laughs> what is this? And let me Google it. And then I saw like, oh, sorry, guys. We try to be a little bit better in terms of our language here in HPP. Even though you might get an occasional It's fine. Up, it, but it, it's, anyway. it's the Colombian coffee talking to hit you. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the animal fries are good. But I will say Shake Shack's fries are good as well. But, yeah, in terms of burger quality, Shake Shack definitely got it on. Yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm sorry, our West Coast listeners, but uh, I, I – and don't get me wrong. Every time I'm on the West Coast, whether I'm in California, whether I'm in Nevada, Texas, I'm always – I always make a beeline to in and out Yeah, and that's like, the first spot I go to as soon as I ever – whenever I'm, I go I, to L.A. It's like right out of LAX. I go to the In-N-Out <laughs> Burger. So, I stand in front of the In-N-Out Burger with my arms open. And I say, change my mind. And they never do. But it's, all, it's good, but it's not that good. So, but I bet you what's even better than Shake Shack in it and In-N-Out is the Yerminator from Fabulous Freddy's in Chicago. And I hope to, to taste it sometime this summer. His burger probably has the heat. <laughs> to, to, pat, to kind of quote from the old, um, it was two seasons ago, the Yankees had... Uh, an ad going with uh, what was it, Araldus Chapman and uh, Bedantas, and they were like, uh, they were, it was an ad like they were selling um, heating, like oil heating, and they're like, we have the heat, but it was them like, and Araldus so does no no English, Araldus Chapman, right? The only thing he says, we have the heat, and it just had like the baseball was it was so terrible, but anyway. Yeah, so you know, in baseball, we it's played during the summer and. Talking about, there's always young kids who are coming up, and there's someone who's not a young boy anymore, but he was one of the best when he was young. Yes, we're talking about Say Hey Kid, and for those who don't know who Say Hey Kid is, we're talking about Willie Mays, who's probably single-handedly the best all-around baseball player that ever played the game. And he is about to turn 90, which we have to give an early shout out to him. Happy birthday, Mr. Mays. And thank you for your service as an amazing baseball player and bringing the game to us and allowing the game to flourish even more because then it helped create the archetype for players that came out. But, you know, he was durable, never had an accident, wasn't the type of player who smoked, drank, watched his diet, rarely went clubbing. But that was 
a testament that you would find with a lot of black players at the time. Because remember, this is around the time the game was just starting to get integrated. And, you know, African-American players weren't afforded the same, uh, rec- you know, attaboys that, say, your, you know, Mickey Mantles would get. Or, you know, or, or your Babe Ruth could get. You know, we had to play a little bit higher. But even still, he was a testament to it. And played the game 22 years in Major League Baseball. Um, put up records like no others. Had an app, like batting average. Oh, a career batting average of uh, 302. 941 um, base percentage, 660 home runs, 338 stolen bases, and 12 golden gloves. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm sorry. You said he had a 941 on base percentage? Yes. No, that's impossible. No, not on base percentage. OPS. OPS. Okay. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Completely, completely different. That's OPS. OPS. My bad. My bad. For those of you who don't know, OPS means on base plus slugging. Yes. So. If you have a, basically the highest OBP on base percentage you can have is 1,000. Because mm. that means you're literally going on base every single time. So yeah. there you go. On base plus slugging. So, but even about his records, it's just, it's crazy because he is pretty much the last of that generation of players. Because within the last year, since 2020, we've seen 10 Hall of Famers pass. Hank Aaron, Lou Brock, Bill, uh, Bob Gibson, Al Kaline, Tom right. Seaver. And this was a generation of players that really – it took baseball from that era, like you had Ruth, Gehrig, and then you had DiMaggio that came up with Ted Williams, and then these guys where you had Mickey Mantle, you had Willie Mays, you had Hank Aaron. And that was a generation that really was ushering in that time of integration um, and just television as well. And All-Star Game was something that was played out heavily. And – baseball's game of the week was much wa- like was much watched tv and this was when baseball was in his golden years and so dun, now we're, seeing, dun, dun. we're seeing a lot of those players you know leave us and willie mays is one of the last ones who was there and, and you know considering with the pandemic that could have accelerated a lot more people passing but you know just a testament to him and just to shout out to you know the game wouldn't be where it is today if it wasn't for players like willie mays who paved the way and also show what a professional is and what you should do if you want to have longevity within the game. So shout out to Willie Mays. Shout out. I mean, he arguably is the greatest baseball player of all time because look, we can't be hating on people who, who came before us and we don't know anything. No, that's wrong. I think, again, I think that Willie Mays is arguably the greatest baseball player ever. Usually it's, Oh, Babe Ruth is the greatest ever. Was he though? I mean, really? He, Babe Ruth and nothing against him because he only played against who he could play against. He played in a segregated league mm-hmm. and he did play with and against Negro baseball stars of his time when they were doing barnstorming, yes. usually in the fall or before, before spring the training, start of the season, of because they training, would make yeah. Boku money doing that. And barnstorming is that they would just go around playing baseball games. Imagine like a traveling all-star game. Yeah, uh, this was before Nike game. endorsement. So, you know, I know, way, no, real talk, like if you really Nike. think about that, yeah, this like is endorsement. Back in the 1920s like and 20s, 30s. 20s and 30s. Yeah. But, you know, this was where sports players were able to market themselves and especially to – uh, consumers like African-Americans who loved baseball but couldn't go to Yankee Stadium to watch a baseball game, these were the opportunities to see those players. And, yeah, like, if, if one can only imagine, even though now have you been hearing a lot of people are trying to question whether or not Babe Ruth was Dominican. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, but, seriously, because there was no. a picture that came out of him in color a year before um, he passed away. It was at Babe Ruth Day at Yankee Stadium. And he's totally looks like a Dominican uncle. <laughs> like the hat, the type of jacket, he's sitting with a cigar too. But no, that's always been like a whole thing because of how his like his antics and like right. what you would think. It's like a like Poppy. Yeah, he was a, he was he was definitely a peacock babe Ruth. Oh but yeah, for sure. All of his records, he only played against other white players, which again, you can't hold it against him. He could only play against who he did versus Willie Mays. He played in an integrated time with African-Americans, with whites, and you're, and also you're starting to see a little bit of the Latin influence coming in as well yeah, with like uh, towards Latin the latter Marshall end. Of, and um, and um, 
what is it, Felipe Alou, et cetera. So they were yeah. slowly seeping, Felipe Alou, they were slowly seeping in during the, during the military baseball career. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Willie Mays is arguably the great, you could, you could definitely argue he's the greatest baseball player. And he's also quasi related to another guy who was controversially all, also arguably the greatest baseball player ever, Barry Bonds. His godfather. Is, that's right. Willie Mays' godson is Barry Bonds, the man that everyone hates. He is kind of a, you know. Because he was a douche. I he mean, was a complete You know what the worst part about douche. Barry Bonds is? Is that he would have gone down as one of the best baseball players ever to play. Without a doubt. Without roids. But he, he just wanted – it was – It was I his, need ego. his ego. Yeah. Because and, he saw how the media was fantastic. blowing up. Yeah, you saw how the media was blowing up Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, and then he said, I'm going to blow my head up with steroids. Mm-hmm. He was genuinely the greatest baseball He, I still think he's the greatest baseball player of his generation, without a doubt. Yeah. But all that steroid stuff messed him up. Like, it didn't mess him up. It it's messed up his legacy. Because he, everything. people, you, you can't just take steroids and become the greatest baseball player of your time and win multiple MVPs. Like, it, that, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> No. You already have to be at a at a ridiculous pinnacle. So Barry Bonds. He was at a ridiculous pinnacle. And it was like, was. how did you get better as you got older? Like, <laughs> that was the crazy thing. Because, I mean, we remember he was like a 30-30, 40-40, 50 like 40-40. Every, every he year. He was always 30 with the and Pirates and then with the, with the Pirates, Giants. With the, with the Giants. And he was a solid player. You remember solid, he had that like, earring with the cross? Like, yeah. Yeah. He was he was he, solid, but he, he was also skinny as a stick when he yes. was with the Pirates in his early years with the Giants. But he he was uh, I think he played left field. I mean, the guy was a stud, a stud, and multiple ma- most valuable players. It's just a shame. But anyways, we're not talking about Barry Bonds. We're talking about his godfather, Willie May. So happy birthday to the Say Hey Kid. Yeah. So. I think right now we, we got to say hey to Miss Cleo, though, because we got some predictions that we want to make. She, I mean, she's been a real she, – she, I like that Miss Cleo is now with us almost every single episode because it's Miss Cleo time, a.k.a. weekly predictions. Call me now for your predictions. <laughs> and you may be thinking, what the heck do you have to – what do you guys have to predict this, this week? Listen, baseball fan, you know exactly what we have to predict. It's – the Tampa Bay Rays against the New York Yankees. The Rays are going to be playing the Yankees for a three-game series from the 11th to the 13th of May. I'm going to ask DiCarlo if he wants to put a friendly wager on this. Maybe not specifically this series because they're going to, if total, the Rays and the Yankees are going to play 16 games throughout the season. Currently, the Yankees are in second place. The Rays are right behind in third place, and they're both two and a half games behind the, the Boston Red Sox, which surprisingly are atop of the American League. East Division. So I'm saying, do you would you want to put a friendly wager for the entire season series of 16 games? So I'm thinking, you know how much I love ice cream. I also love, you know, good American brewery like the good people in Richmond, Virginia, where the Richmond Flying Squirrels play. Well, what do, what are your thoughts? What what should we put a wager on? Because we're not de- we're not degenerate gamblers. We're not actually going to gamble like a dollar, but. No, I'd say ice cream would be good. Well, I love uh, taiyaki. Hmm. You know the Japanese one that has it's a Japanese ice cream, and then they give they give it to you in the uh, in the fish. The cone is shaped like a fish. I, uh-huh. The Japanese are such artists; they're such, their attention to detail is inspiring. I love that. I also love Van uh, Luen. Oh, that is. Yeah, they sell that so, in supermarkets. Yeah, now. they do. They really it's so. It. It's so delicious. I freaking love them. And my current local New York one is Ample Hills. Yeah. I love close to me. Oh, but they, they have them all over New York. They have them in Brooklyn. They have it all over New York. It's uh, I love Ample Hills. So the winner, wait, obviously they play 16 games. So there's a possibility that the Rays and Yankees at the end of the year end up tying 8-8. And uh, we walk away ice creamless. <laughs> Well, no, but, we might not walk away ice cream list. We just won't. It won't be on the other. <laughs> no, yeah, we just have to pay out of your own pocket. But yeah. if the Yankees win, then my good friend DiCarlo will buy me uh, Ample Hills ice cream to a round of Ample. Uh, you know, good. This, this sounds like a 1950s podcast. 
if there was a podcast in the 1950s. Well, <laughs> it was a very wholesome. 1950s podcast, we wouldn't be doing it because we wouldn't be around. We wouldn't be allowed <laughs> to be around microphones. Let's just be it's, it's, but no, but it's very wholesome. It's like, oh, oh, oh gee, Willikers, I can't wait to have that root beer and ice cream. I know. Let me get that malt. Ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, all right. So there it is. There it is, people. Our wet wager is we're going to buy each other ice cream. If the Rays win, then DeCarlo buys me some ice cream, and if the Yankees win, I'll buy him some ice cream from from where? What's your favorite place in New York? Um, I like Big Gay ice cream. You know, I like Big Gay ice cream, but they and they're also selling nationwide yeah. in supermarkets. They've blown up. I, yeah. I went to one in Philadelphia about I think it was there like three years ago, and I was like, "Go you, Big Gay ice cream! They're awesome." They started out as a food, as a I wouldn't say food truck, but as an ice cream. Food like, truck. Like, yeah, like ice cream food truck. Yeah, and they, now they have multiple locations in New York, one in Philly, and God knows somewhere else. So, all right, Big A ice cream for DiCarlo, Ample Hills for myself. Right. So, anyways, my prediction is in this specific series, I think the Tampa Bay Rays are going to sweep. They're going to smack that Yankee booty, and they're going to go fly back to the warmth of Tampa and uh, celebrate with some good uh, Kolsch beer because – and they're going to do this – the Rays are going to sweep the Yankees, even though the Rays have 11, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 11 players on the injured list. One of them is one of our favorite guys that we talked about back in the World Series in 2020, the man with the elastic hamstrings, the South mm-hmm. Korean first baseman, G-Man Choi. Choi. God, yeah, he's, he's so amazing. Yeah, he's a pretty he, solid dude. He hasn't played all year because he's had injuries. So, but he's he's now in the he's going to be assigned to minor league team. So, if you're um, uh, you know again, go go watch minor league baseball because you see the future stars and you also see rehabbing stars. And, and also, unfortunately, Yankees one of their stud relievers, Nick Anderson, he has a partially torn elbow. That hurts. But still, the Rays will sweep. Whoa! What's your prediction? What is Miss Clea telling you? I don't think they're going to sweep. I think the Yankees are actually going to say two out of three. Because, for one, the Yankees are starting to come alive right at the proper time. And hopefully be hopefully coming against their uh, interdivision rival will uh, keep that momentum going, especially because the Rays have been kicking their asses recently. So, yeah. you know, I think that's something to take into consideration. But now, now the Yankees are starting to get a little bit of momentum. I think this is the time that they need to put power off. And if this is going to turn into something that can really push them through to the season and really start getting, you know, getting 500 past 500 and really extending it and taking, you know, trying to get, make some distance between them and everybody else in the American league East. Uh, I think this would be a series to do so. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you already hear Those are the words of a delusional man raising three. So, <laughs> so we want to thank Miss Cleo. We'll see what she Miss Cleo knows the outcome, but she refuses to, to tell us because she knows she wants one of us to enjoy ice cream paid by the other person. So another thing that we always enjoy besides ice cream is a good night's sleep. And we want to thank this week's show sponsor, the Waterbed Experience. People, the 80s are always in. Sleeping is more important than ever. Find your inner peace, find your inner chi with your new waterbed. Your sleep will take you back to the future. <laughs> Who wrote this? The waterbed experience is in all major urban centers at a strip mall near you. Wait, wait, wait hold on one second. Waterbed experience? Why does it have to be in all major urban centers? Who, who, who are you marketing to? I, my friend, this is not me. This is the th- no, we get saying, we get this copy. We, we get this copy from our, our sponsors. This is the waterbed experience. Oh my goodness! This. Talk about coded language. I, you know, waterbed experience. Really? I mean, you're let, not wrong. I like a nice let, waterbed. Listen, still. my friend, the the waterbed experience check pays for your Colombian coffee and my beer from this place in Richmond. So, anyways, the waterbed experience is in at all strip all, all strip malls near you and near to Carlo <laughs> fall back into your waterbed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Waterbed experience. The clinching line is fall back into your bed at the waterbed experience. <laughs> I hope we get them as a return sponsor because I kind of messed that up. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But then again, they might not have liked my rant about their, uh, 
you know, coded uh, racial uh, language within their copy. So, you know. but you know what? We're gonna make all that disappear, just like our next segment. We haven't. We haven't. We, we, it's been a while since we had this. The Houdini Watch. Hey, there's that guy. And for those of you who don't remember, the Houdini Watch segment is where we where we used to watch a baseball player for a long time, and then he just disappeared. At least from our view, from in our experience. And then he pops up out of nowhere, just like the great magician from the 20th century, Harry Houdini. My Houdini nominee is Kurt Suzuki. Mm. That's I was watching. What'd you say? I said he's a player. That's somebody who's been all over the damn league. Oh yeah, I saw a game back on the 20th of April. I've been holding off. I've been holding on to this for a little while. Back on the 20th of April, I saw the Texas Rangers play at the Los Angeles Angels because the amazing Japanese player Shohei Otani was pitching and batting. Of course, that guy's a badass. And who was catching Otani? Kurt Suzuki. I was like, I did a double take. I'm like, Kurt Suzuki. He, and then I saw him again, two days, two nights later when the Los Angeles angels went to Texas to play the Texas, uh, to play the Houston Astros. And he, Kurt Suzuki repped on the podcast because he was HDP. He was hit by pitch. In the elbow. Oh, my God. That's a hard – that's a, always a terrible – There is – I mean, people, there is no fat in your elbow. Like, you know, the, when you're hitting your funny ball, that, and imagine a 90-mile-an-hour fastball coming at your elbow. Oh. I hope he was wearing I, one of those elbow guards. I can I can cry and start drinking, and I still would feel it. But um, he was HBP'd in that game on the 22nd of April. So I was like – the, the universe is sending me a sign. We got to put Kurt Suzuki on the podcast. So tip of the hat to Mr. Houdini. Kurt Suzuki. He, Suzuki is actually from Wailuku. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Wailuku, Hawaii. He went to Cal State Fullerton to play college baseball. And those of you who are into college baseball know that Cal State Fullerton is a powerhouse college baseball team. And they're located in Orange County. The funny thing is that his college is not that far away from where he's playing now with the Los Angeles Angels. And um, I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, what do you, do you, uh, have you ever been out to Orange County? Have you have uh, have you been to yes. Hawaii? I've been to Orange County before, uh, driving the Pacific Coast Highway. It's such a beautiful county. Oh, gorgeous. Uh, That's Laguna the best drive Beach. in America. Oh, it's such a nice, like you driving on the cliffs and you just see the water heading and then the nice houses. Like Orange County is really nice. I will say that much. I mean, yeah, I, can pe- under- I can understand why people really like to conserve what it is. If you get to Madrid. <laughs> No, are you are you speaking in coded language, my friend? I am, but at the same time, there's been it's been slightly changing. But even still, the the, the locale and just the scenery and oh my goodness, it is beautiful as hell. Yeah, it, those of you who live in the U.S. and those those listeners who don't live in the U.S., you might have heard in songs, in movies, and TVs, PCH. PCH means the Pacific Coast Highway, just like DiCarlo just mentioned. That is basically the highway that just snakes all along the California coast. And it really is the, in our humble opinion, the most gorgeous drive in all of America. And there's actually, there actually have a a boatload of accidents on the PCH because people get distracted by the views. It's, 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 it's incredible, but it's true. So I can see why Kurt Suzuki is still playing. Um, So Suzuki, he's, He's been playing forever. He's been playing since 2007. That's 15 years as a professional athlete. That's an insane amount of time. In, the, in those 15 years in Major League Baseball, he's played for five teams. He actually played for the Braves for two seasons. And then he I, – I forget where he went. And, I for, and uh, no, I lied. He went to the Washington Nationals. He went back to the Washington Nationals, and he won the World Series. So now he has a World Series ring along with all the beautiful memories. Um, so hats off to him. He signed a one-year contract with the Los Angeles Angels. He's getting paid $1.5 million this year. He gets to wear his Washington Nationals uh, World Series ring from 2019 as he drives his Lamborghini or Ferrari down the PCH. So life is good for uh, for Kurt Suzuki. So. Oh, my God. Did you hear how you had your crazy, like, driving, like, in the background? Right yeah. Now. yeah, that is probably Kurt Suzuki. No, that honestly, that was like one of those moments that just happened serendipitously that, but like, worked its way into our recording right at the best time. 
again, the universe said you have to talk about Kurt Suzuki and you have to say it at this exact time. <laughs> exactly. So. so speaking of the universe, our next and last segment is talking about space. You know we love space here on and the universe and planet Earth here on HBP. This segment, Danger Will Robinson, a.k.a. travels into space. Space, space, space. I want to give it a shout. I want to give a shout out to one of the last great astronauts, the rocket man, Michael Collins. He passed away at the age of 90 uh, just last week. Uh, he, he, he passed away of cancer. So hopefully Willie Mays makes it past 90. These are two, these are two men who are getting way up there. So you're, you might be asking yourself, is that the Irish political figure that Liam, ne- Liam Neeson played in a 1996 film, Michael Collins? Wow, you went really no, specific. No, no. <laughs> because it was a good movie, and Liam, Liam Neeson is a good actor. I mean, uh, period. Good actor, if you catch my drift. <laughs> no, I'm talking acting, about the man. Not when he was walking the streets of Dublin trying to find a black guy. That, exactly, gosh. exactly. I just said <laughs> an actor. <laughs> The man I'm talking about is Michael Collins, the astronaut. He was the man who piloted the command module of the Apollo 11 mission. Those are the three, the, uh, there were three men in that, in that, that, that were part of the Apollo 11 mission. Buzz Aldridge, Neil Armstrong, and Michael Collins. If you're a conspiracy theorist, you're like, we never went to the moon. Listen, conspiracy theorists, we went to the moon. But anyways... At, in the, at the time when um, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong were on the surface of the moon doing their, uh, you know, doing this famous, you know, one small step for man, one small, one giant leap for mankind, uh, collecting samples of the, the lunar surface. surface, Michael Collins had to be circulating. He was orbiting, circulating, what's wrong with me? He was orbiting the moon, waiting for them to come back up and, I think they, uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were on the moon for about 24, 26 hours, I believe. And it's been said poetically, of course, that in the time that he was alone orbiting the moon, he was the loneliest man on Earth since the time of Adam. Well, he was obviously on Earth, but don't push. So that's a, that's a very interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. You know? He wasn't on Earth. Loneliest man ever? Loneliest, loneliest man existence. in the universe. Verse, verse, verse. Exi- yeah, but he was in existence. But anyways, he actually said that at that time he was so locked in that it was like exhilarating. Uh, it was almost exhilarating for him of him being there, even though he knew that there was a real possibility that he would have to go back to Earth without Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. If an accident happened, if they didn't have enough power to lift off of the moon, it was uh, it was very real in an alternative history. The Apollo 11 mission succeeds and fails that we land these two men on the moon, but they die on the moon and only Michael Collins come back. And he said he didn't want that survivors. Uh, what do you call it? Survivors guilt or that a marked man is what he called it. Not marked man. Um, I forget what he said, but it. It's incredible that we really don't think about that because we say, oh, we went to the moon. It's like, okay. No, we don't curtains. think about what could have happened. Exactly. I mean, but, you know, that's revisionist history, but it, it would have been interesting. I mean, it was a, especially it was a, if you believe in the butterfly effect where every single thing impacts the other. So then say if that happened, who knows? Maybe it would have been a completely different thing. Maybe we would have had like, I don't know, Robert Redford as president. As a true. So thankfully, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong did not die on the lunar lunar surface which was a very real possibility mm-hmm. so they all came back to earth uh by the way ladies and gentlemen the the trip from earth to the moon and back each way is three days so they came back in three days and when they returned they were actually put in into a 21 day quarantine because there was a remote case highly unlikely but they were just the scientists were being very cautious that the three astronauts were going to bring back pathogens to the lunar surface mm-hmm. lunar surface you may be asking yourself, isn't that restricting their freedom? What about my freedom? Look, man, if they can be 21 days in quarantine, you too can be two, day, two weeks in quarantine if you had the coronavirus, but everything's going to be okay. Michael Collins, he went way past the moon and now he is an astronaut heaven. So 
one of the great heroes of the 20th century, Michael Collins. And he actually turned down multiple offers to go back to be able to step on the moon because they said, look, you were the command, you were the command, uh, you were the man who commanded the, 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 the module. You can go back and actually plant on the moon. And he said, no, because the pressures and the demands of an astronaut and his family were so great. He says, he said, I can't do this to my family. And his goal was not to be, not walk on the moon. His goal was to help fulfill John F. Kennedy's, John F. Kennedy's goal and mission of putting a man on the moon before the end of the 1960s. And he said, I did that. I was a part of that. I helped put a man on the moon. Like President Kennedy said back in 1962 at Rice University, I'm done. And that goes, like, the man's ego is so low. I mean, it's, it's, he's a, a beautiful human being. So anyways, I'm going to wrap this up by throwing in a, a baseball reference. So Michael Collins threw, threw out the, the ceremonial first pitch two years ago, back on the 21st of June in 2019 at Fenway Park where the Boston Red Sox play. So Michael Collins, he's doing beautiful astronaut things and probably playing baseball in the great beyond. Other people that we can play fetch with, ball with, are pets. Some of them, at least the four-legged ones, the dogs, really, because cats really couldn't care less. <laughs> People, tweet us a picture of your pet either retrie retrieving your ball, watching astronauts, watching SpaceX uh, put rockets up in the air, and we'll retweet your beautiful pet. Our Twitter handle is at HBP4040, and use the hashtag HBPets, H-B-P-E-T-S. All right, and that is a wrap for this episode. We want to thank you for listening again. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you follow us at HPP4040 on Twitter, and our drinks will be in the show notes. Make sure you join us next time for a brand new episode of HBP, Hipster Baseball Podcast. Peace out.